Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, fam. Full disclosure, I forgot I had to record an episode this week. I guess because I was in LA, I don't know, but I forgot that this week was a solo episode and that I hadn't recorded one, that I haven't even planned one. And then I was like, all right, well, I'll just post Carissa's this week. But then I like didn't have everything ready. And I liked the flow of doing interview solo, interview solo. So I decided it's Monday as I'm recording this at like 11 this morning. I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to record a solo episode today. I've just got to come up with a concept. Unfortunately, I don't have any um, listener or community like excerpts to go off of or entries to read. This is a true, true form solo or true, true solo form, solo form, whatever. And the back like old style of how we used to do them. I also was like trying to wrap my brain for what I want to talk about. And I have a list that's always ongoing of solo episodes that I want to do. And a lot of them I can't wait to do, but those I definitely want entries from you guys because I think that that's just so much, it would just bring so much to those topics. So I'm thinking today, okay, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to talk about? And today's post on my Instagram talked about the fact that it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Is that the correct term? I hope. It's May. And as someone who speaks about mental health so much, so intensely, and it really matters so much to me, I want to dedicate an episode to it. So I came up with the title of this episode, Mental Health Matters, and maybe there will be some more, but that's where I'm going. That's the umbrella. And I think I'm just going to unpack some shit on here and discuss mental health, its severity, its importance, its intensity, things that I have been doing recently to be in a much better mental space. I think it's, I know personally, I have been in a very, very different mental space over the past two, three months. A lot of you have messaged me saying that you can see it and it makes you happy. And honestly, that's the kindest thing ever. Um, But I want to talk about what has helped me get there. And maybe unpack some things that I was struggling with. We'll see. We will see. This is a true we will see where this episode goes. So let's dive the F in. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Frickle food, and friends, talk about life sides and ends. Throw away your hesitations, have a filter conversations. Also, I feel it's very important to set this stage for you all because <laughs> I look insane. I'll take a photo and that'll be the post that I do on Wednesday. Um, Joe is at the office today and so I decided that I'm going to use his office for my workspace today and we have this like dog, 
No, not a dog bed. It's like a window bench, I guess. We built it for Charlie because Lucy has it and he loves it so much. And when we were having Liam, we were like, this would be a really kind thing to do for Charlie. And we've always wanted to provide him with an area that like he can look at the window from because he loves it. So we built this like huge fucking structure to go over our furnace. It costs a stupid amount of money. And we've been like dragging our feet on getting the cushion, mainly honestly because of the does that whatever it's just been a process and Charlie has not stepped foot on it once this has been here for a few months now Charlie's terrified of it because there's a blanket on top of it and it I guess like moves around so the pillow is actually coming I just finally ordered one off of Etsy we'll see but the reason I say this is because I'm currently lying on this like window bench on a furry blanket with the sun beaming on my back from outdoors truly treating this like a therapy session. And if I look back at when I was in kindergarten, first, second, third grade, and every teacher told me I was disruptive and I didn't shut the fuck up. And I had to have these little like report cards that they had to every single day, put a sticker on grading me on how I did that day. So I could take it to the learning center. Like that little girl, I wish she knew that her annoyance to every other teacher became her job because here I am just sitting talking to myself. And I know that obviously if you're listening to this, I'm not necessarily talking to myself, but in this moment it does in fact feel like I'm talking to myself because I'm just laying here with a microphone going on tangents. Now for the topic at hand, mental health matters. The reason I want to talk about this is as someone who has struggled with mental health for majority, I would say, of their life. Maybe I didn't notice it early on, but definitely for the past 10 plus years. It's so confusing to work through on your own. And it's really difficult to put into words because it looks so different for everyone. And I also think that there's always this hold back of having these conversations because it's like, well, I don't want to seem like I'm complaining and I don't like, I realize that I am so blessed and my life is so magnificent and I realize that people have it worse and all of those things can be true while also still struggling with mental health. And I say this all the time, mental health does not discriminate. Um, you don't get to choose or opt out of it, unfortunately. Like, obviously, there are things that you can do to improve your mental health. But I do think that there is this, like, chemical imbalance in some of us. Um, I also think today's world is not set up for us to succeed, if we're being honest. How much time we spend on the internet, how much time we spend comparing ourselves to others, how much time we spend critiquing people, how much time... We spend focused on things that are pretty surface level. Like I don't think any of those things are setting us up to succeed from a mental health aspect. So where do I want to go with this? Okay, let's go to, I guess, where I was in the past. In the past, I've always kind of struggled with anxiety. And it wasn't until maybe I was 22. 223 that I felt like I was maybe leaning on the depressive side of things. This was the first time I felt maybe these feelings of like sadness, depression, anger. Well, I guess I had felt anger a lot of my life. Um, 
but I, I never thought of it as like depressive anger. And the reason I share about all of this, any of this, is literally for that 23-year-old girl because I just remember sitting in my apartment hysterically crying, feeling so alone, feeling so isolated, feeling like there's no way anyone else feels like me. Like, why, why am I so sad? Why am I so sad? And it wasn't until I started speaking about it. Honestly, this was kind of like around when I started Freckle Foodie or a little bit later. And when I started talking about my struggles and that's when I just started connecting with people and having these open conversations with my friends. And that was really what launched this entire mental health initiative with my platform of reassuring everyone that they are not alone because loneliness is the most isolating and in my opinion, it, it, isolating emotion, but it eats at you like a fucking, what are those things that like a maggot, it just eats away at you. And I think the more you talk about things, the more open conversations you have, the more honest you are with your friends and family, the less alone you feel because you realize that there are other people out there struggling. So that is why I share any of this. So I felt like I was making an effort to focus on my mental health. You know, I was doing the things. I was meditating. I had started journaling. Um, I, what else was I doing? I was taking CBD. Like sleep is a big, big focus for me. But it still wasn't enough. I don't know whatever is enough. But I just felt like there was still some stuff that needed to be worked through. And that was when I started therapy and I eventually started medication and I felt like things were turning. And then I got pregnant and I struggled a lot with anxiety during my pregnancy. I switched medications. I increased my medication. And then postpartum, I struggled with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And those I think are very specific to that time period. I don't really deal with those emotions necessarily anymore. I think that was very specific to postpartum. But I do think that like over the past two to three months, something has shifted for me. And that's what I want to focus on because I think I've shared a lot about my downtime, not like as in relaxing, but time as in like <laughs> feeling down. Um, and I think I've shared a lot about struggles and I want to focus on happiness and joy and what has brought that for me because look, that's all we all, that's what we all can hope for, right? Like we just want to be fucking happy. And some of you listening might be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never had to choose to be happy. But if you have, then you understand. And it can unfortunately have to be an active choice, but it's one that I will continue to wake up every single fucking day and make because I want to be happy. So I want to dive in to that, but I need a sip of water. Okay, water has been drank, and then I actually ended up having a catch-up conversation with our sitter. So now I feel like I've lost our train of thought of where we were, but I, ah, I remember. We are focusing on joy, which our sitter is literally the, like, aura of. I fucking love her, my favorite human that I have found this year. Um, I just realized technically I found Liam this year. Oh, no, it's 2022. Megan is my favorite human I have found this year. Um... So for me, I know I talked about this. I did a whole episode. I highly recommend listening to it if you're interested in this topic. But I gave up drinking. 
And I truly and utterly think that it has been the best decision I could have ever made for my mental health. The second I stopped and I listened to this book, Quit Like a Woman, and I kind of just let go of, well, Quit Like a Woman honestly made me not even have an interest in it, but I just feel lighter. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my back. I feel like there is less of an effort I need to make to choose happiness and that it comes naturally. I feel like I, I, I think so much of my life, I just saw TikTok about this and this is actually a perfect example. So much of my life, I used to choose anger. That was what came naturally to me and frustration. And if I, for instance, this is the example of the TikTok, but this is literally something I would have freaked out over. Um, if my AirPods were like left in the back of an Uber on my way to an airport and I got to the airport and I noticed, I would have like been so fucking angry. There was actually, this is, okay, I hate, hate admitting this, but this is a better example because this is actually what happened to me. You know when Oh God, I hate myself. Okay. You know, when you're at the airport and you're carrying on your bag and then you get to the gate and they're checking people in. And like, if you're in the middle to the back of the plane, they're like, all overhead cabins are now full. We will be gate checking your bag. So that happens every single flight to Florida. Like, I don't know if the planes are smaller, people are bringing more luggage. I don't know. But every time I fly to Florida, that happens. And it used to cause this rage inside of me. When I got up and they said they'd have to gate check my bag, like rage. Why? I don't fucking know. I don't know who I thought I was. I don't know where I thought I was going. I don't know why I thought my time was so important or my bag, like chill the fuck out. But it caused a rage inside of me. And I think that was because I was leaning so much into this like high intense pressure just my aura, my wavelength, everything was so different about me and everything felt so like fight or flight, life or death, rage. And there was one time, I hate myself so much that I'm even admitting this. There was one time where the thing that used to drive me the most insane, and this still does like, I'm kind of like, oh, that's annoying, but whatever. I don't actually care. Is when they say that the cabin head storage is full and then you have to gate check and then you get on the plane and like there's all of these open like storage things above you. That's kind of like, seriously, why? Why did you say it was full if it wasn't? Um, but again, if that happened to me today, I'd just be like, uh -huh, all right, whatever. Hey, don't have to lift my bag over my head to put it in there. That's a win. But... I once, that happened, and I remember being so angry. I, something else must have happened because I don't know why I was angry at like a, I don't know if the correct term is stewardess or flight attendant, but person who was working on the plane where I literally like when I was moving my bag, I thought about like throwing my elbow. Like that's how fucked up I was. That is insane. This is what it really means to share all of the horrific thoughts you've had on the internet or whatever this is, platform to you guys, whatever. I was just bottled with rage and I feel such a different mentality around life now where those little things that should not put anyone in a tailspin have no effect on me. 
If someone had told me during my LA trip that I had to gate check my bag, I would have been like, okay, here you go. Take it. All right. One less thing to worry about. We're good here. Like it, it doesn't fucking matter. And another thing, another example is we ordered pizza the other night and it was raining. I understand there were delays. It was frustrating because we couldn't reach the restaurant. It was through the restaurant's portal. So there was no like tracking device. And it was an hour and a half late. And I was like, you know what? It's already 830. I'm really hungry. I don't trust that this pizza is ever coming. I'm just going to make dinner and move on. And I was fine. I was like, okay, yeah, I wanted to try that pizza, but I'm happy with this meal. Does it really matter? Fuck no, it doesn't. And it had me thinking about what a different headspace I would have been in a year plus ago. That would have sent me into such a tailspin of like, this isn't fair. Why is this late? Why can't I control the situation? Now I have to figure out something else to eat. It would have triggered like so much of my food thoughts around like the quote unquote perfect meal. And it would have been like, well, that was the meal I wanted. And now what do we have? And we don't even have anything. I have to make shitty pasta for dinner. That's like not perfect. Oh my goodness. It would have tailspinned me. And I was just like, okay, now I'm going to make pasta. And then the pizza ended up coming at like nine. And I was like, oh, I'll try the pizza. And I was like, oh, this is fucking good. So I think because of the things I've been doing, it has all compounded on top of each other. And I think it's a day-by-day process, moment-by-moment, step-by-step. Do I still have times where I slip back? Of course I do. Unfortunately, it's normally around the people I love the most. And they sometimes can see the worst side of me. And I, I really hate that for me and for them. But I think overall, I am headed into a direction that I'm really proud of and that I love. And I was just speaking with my friend Vic about this where we all grow and evolve and change. And the only thing that we can hope for or like one of the main things we should hope for is that tomorrow we are a better version of ourselves. And if I can put in the small steps to do that, you better fucking believe I'm going to do it. And I think having Liam is what really caused this like kismet is that a word? Kismet? Shift in me. Because when I see this boy who is so pure and kind and happy, like I've never met a fucking happier baby in my life. And everyone else who knows him will say the same thing. That to me is like, I want to live his, I want to live that life. I want to be that happy. And I want to make damn sure that he stays that happy. And as his mom, a lot of that depends on how I act. If you grow up in a household where there's focus on anger and there is intense negative energy, that sticks with you. Like, I know that's not trauma in the sense of, well, I actually, no, we're not going to compare trauma because I don't think that helps. Um, This isn't like the, what's it called? Suffering Olympics. But I think that is a form of trauma. And I think other people, like I think psychologists would agree. And that sticks with you. And so my focus is to be the happiest version of myself so that I can provide the happiest space for Liam. Okay. So how am I doing this? And again, I I say this all with the exception that obviously, well, with the not exception, what is the word I am looking for? But with the understanding that some days I'm not coming on here being like, I'm the happiest person in the world. I'm so happy. Life is so amazing. I'm choosing to be as happy as I possibly can. There are some days where I still struggle mentally, but overall I am in a very, very great place that I want to continue and I want to focus on the things that are bringing me joy. So 
Big things, big, big ticket items. Meditating. I meditate every single day. I meditate for 20 minutes a morning. I was taught through Ziva Meditation. I will link it in the show notes. It is a online or in-person program. I went in-person. I do not think it is necessary. I want to state that very clearly. It is an expensive investment, but I do think that it changed a lot for me. So I loved my experience. I would do it again, but I don't want you to think you have to do it. Um, There are incredible resources such as Headspace and Calm. Joe uses them every single morning to meditate. I hear his meditations. I think they're also awesome. So that is a no-brainer for me. My mornings are so important. And I think that this is really important for you guys is find things that are feasible, that you're able to do, that are not going to cause you more stress and that bring you happiness, that set you up for success. So for me, that means waking up an hour earlier before Liam does. If you have kids, that's a choice that you can make. Obviously, I know that depends on whether your child is sleeping or not. This was not something I was doing in like the early stages, it was just once Liam started sleeping through the night. If you don't have kids, again, that's a choice of what time you guys want to wake up. But for me, that time to meditate and to do some of the other things I'm going to speak about and to sit with myself before I am in constant like reactive need mode is vital to my mental health. Vital. And I want to reiterate how important that is because I think in today's world, we're sold a lot of these things like that are expensive, whether it be retreats or acupuncture or tinctures or whatever. And there are many things we can do for our mental health that are free. Yes, it costs us time, so it's not completely free, but it's your decision at the end of the day. That comes down to you. It's you making the time. And we are all in a like that, that's your decision. So for me, it's that waking up. Um, that is when I, I just started switching to this, but I have a cup of tea first thing in the morning. I used to like jolt myself with coffee and I don't think it was good for my nervous system. So I have a cup of ginger or turmeric or chamomile tea with lemon juice just to like ground myself. And while I have that, I will journal and I journal just whatever the fuck I'm feeling that day. There's no rhyme or reason to what I'm writing. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it does not. Sometimes it's a few sentences. Sometimes it's a whole page. And I also just bought, I'll link it in the show notes, but the Daily Stoic, which is like a daily, I guess it's a meditation or inspiration inspirational quote or like prompt. I don't know what I would call them, but a lot of my friends read it and use it daily and really enjoy it. And so we're adding it into the routine. Another thing is music. I have a playlist. I will post it in the show notes. It's called Waking Shake. And I just put on a song. I put in my headphones and I dance like a fucking lunatic because why not choose to dance like a lunatic? Who the hell cares? Right? Nobody Nobody's seeing this. This is for you and your eyes only. And like Joe is now so accustomed to it. He'll walk out and he won't even like acknowledge what I'm doing. And I look like a fucking fool. Charlie is the one that freaks out the most if we're being honest. But again, it's choosing joy. So then I spend my time with Liam and I have my athletic greens. I have my coffee. We eat breakfast together. But still, I have not looked at social media. And this is a huge one, you guys. Finding the time for yourself that does not revolve around consuming other people's lives or comparing yourself to other people on the internet or seeing how many likes you got or messages, like all of those things that feed into our ego, 
That is not how we should be starting our day. And especially as someone who is doing this for work, that is huge for me in building that boundary. So maybe for you, if you're in a corporate job, this also looks like if you're in a place to be able to do this, which I kind of think unless you're a heart surgeon, you are, um, setting a quota of time for how long you want to be awake before you open your emails or your Slack or whatever it might be. And I just had this conversation with Joe. I was like, you know what, Joe? I don't think you should be opening your emails in bed before you meditate. Why do you do that? He's like, uh, I don't know, to check on like what I missed in case someone sent something overnight or late from a different time zone. And I'm like, well, can't, can't you just meditate first and like do that maybe a little later? Like, is there ever anything that pressing that needs to be responded to that second versus in 30, 45, 60 minutes? And again, Obviously, there are job exceptions if you're a heart surgeon, if you're something like that. But I'm speaking for the majority of corporate America. And he's like, no, you're completely right. I'm going to change that. And so he's making a change. And for me, that means not opening my emails, not opening social media. Because not only is it work for me, but social media also can be so toxic to my mindset first thing in the morning. Because immediately, we are consuming other people's lives. And whether you're aware of it or not, it makes an impact on your brain. You are automatically subconsciously comparing yourself. You are wondering how they're doing things or how they got this opportunity or, wow, they're doing that. Should I be doing this? Like, I know that you might think you are not, but inherently you are and subconsciously you are. And I just highly, highly, highly recommend taking a time chunk out of your day before you're opening those things. So I'm not saying you can't touch your phone. You know, look, unfortunately, muscle memory is impossible for us to not fucking pick up our phones. But for me, I do things like I read the New York Times Daily Briefing. Um, I used to do Wordle and the crossword puzzle. Honestly, I just feel like I don't have time and it's not as of interest to me right now. And sometimes I just get hyper competitive with myself and I'm like, who is this helping? Um, I do Duolingo Spanish classes because every single fucking mom in swim class is speaking a different language to their kid and I feel behind. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to maybe learn a little bit more Spanish because I haven't spoken it in 10 plus years. Um, but doing things that bring you joy and movement is such a fucking big one for me. Huge, huge. I need to move my body in some way to mentally feel like my best self. And I'm not saying I need to move my body to burn calories, to sweat, to feel exhausted. Fuck no. I move my body because it helps my brain function. And you guys know, I don't even have to say it, Cara Duvall is my absolute go-to in this stage of my life. I also am obsessed with Megan Roop. I love her as a human. I love her platform. I love everything she's doing. And I love the Peloton strength classes. All of those will be linked in the show notes. But finding a movement that is something you love, you need to love it. I do not love certain exercises, okay? I hate the concept of being in a in-person spin class. That is why you will never find me in one. If someone was like, you have to go to spin as your exercise, I would never exercise because I fucking hate it. So you need to find an exercise that actually makes you happy. That is so vital and important because we know that movement is not only good for our health physically, but it's really good for our mental health. And so finding something that you love and do is going to love doing is going to encourage you to continue to do it. Um, 
another thing for me is getting outside. Like when I am having a dark time or day or moment, I need to get the fuck outdoors. I need to see other people. I need to get out of my head. I need the sunshine. I want to see nature. I just need to spend time outdoors. Talking to friends and family, that is so vital. Relying on your support system. Seeing a therapist if you can afford it. It is a massive privilege and it is one I do not take lightly, but my therapist has changed everything for me. I get a lot of questions on how I found my therapist. I'm going to post a very outdated blog post in this um, podcast notes that talks about the process I went about in finding her. Um, I actually also have some recommendations from the Freckle Foodie community from like four years ago of recommended therapists. I cannot vouch for them, but people in this community can. Um, other things I'm doing. Oh, this is a big one. And this is one that a lot of you guys message me about when I mention it. Letting go of the toxic relationship I had with food. This has been one of the most freeing things I have ever fucking done in my life. And it's been over the past eight months specifically, actually no, more than that, probably when I was pregnant, that it has really reached new levels and I feel free. I feel like this weighted vest that I wore and carried around every day has finally been taken off of my body. So what do I mean when I say that? You guys know I've spoken about my past with eating and my relationship with food and leaning on like the orthorexic side for my like early, mid-20s. That was, I think, when it all started for me. Early childhood, middle school, college, never once thought about a morsel of food that went into my body because I was an athlete. I hold thin privilege. I fit the beauty standards. It was just never something that I thought about. And it wasn't until post-college that I was struggling with other things mentally. Social media became a big thing that I just kind of, I guess lean towards food as like the thing I could control, which is not healthy, but is what happened. And I thought, or not I thought, I did a lot of work to rewire my brain in that conversation, right? What do I mean by that? I stopped labeling foods. I stopped looking at ingredient labels. I stopped like obsessing over what was in each meal. I started giving up control when it came to where we were eating or what we were ordering. I stopped following accounts that were encouraging unhealthy diet culture vibes and material. Um, Sorry, I just burped. I... (laughs) stopped talking about these things. Like if my friends were bringing up diets or how much weight they'd lost or stuff, I'd just be like, guys, come on, not not that important. I stopped weighing myself, all of these things. And I felt I had made a shift in the right direction and I know I had. And I was so grateful that I did that work before I got pregnant because that was the true mental minefield of fuckery when it comes to your relationship with food and your body because so much is changing. But it wasn't until recently that I truly let go of the reins. And I believe it's because I was almost forced to do so after having, well, A, being pregnant, you only can stomach the concept of a few foods, let alone the taste, the texture, whatever. I couldn't. So I was really not eating vegetables. I was relying solely on foods that I would have in the past labeled a certain negative way. And it shifted my mindset into being like, okay, this is literally just food. I just need food. 
It doesn't matter what it is. I just need something to get in my system. And then postpartum, you're honestly just too fucking busy. Like you're too busy trying to keep yourself and this baby alive and functioning to care, or at least I was. And it's the last thing that you want to think about. It's just put something in front of me. I just need to eat so that I can either go to sleep or go feed Liam or go play with Liam. Like it became this, it just got knocked down on its pedestal for me. And people keep asking me how I did this. And it's really hard to provide tangible advice other than you have to do the mental work. You have to dive into your relationship with this all and rewire your brain. Again, unfollowing and refollowing and following other accounts, like surrounding yourself by sides of the conversation you want to be a part of and what you want to take in. But then also the main realization is that there is so much more important shit in this fucking world. So much more important shit. And that was what it really tied down to for me. Could I obsess over what I was eating and the groceries we had and making sure that every meal was quote unquote perfect like I used to? Yeah, I could. But what's going to, where am I taking that time from? That time is coming from time spent with Liam, time to decompress and relax with Joe, time for my work. Like those things to me are so much more important than obsessing over every morsel of food that goes into my body. And it's so interesting because once I let go of the reins, I noticed what a toxic hold it had still had on me and also how much it improved my mental health because it took out this narrative that was constantly going in my brain. And I think that also plays into why I feel just generally happier, lighter, not like in a weight-wise, but in a mental space-wise and freer because... It's not something I obsess over anymore. I don't care. And if you're listening to this and you can't relate at all, I really fucking am happy for you because you've never had to deal with these demons. But if you're someone who has experienced this, you know what a big deal it is for me to say that like, I can't tell you what I'm having for breakfast, lunch, or dinner any day until it's time to eat. I now go to restaurants without looking at a menu which I never understood people that did that. But I don't care. I'm like, oh yeah, there's food there. Count me in. I'm hungry. Okay, what are we eating? And it's been the greatest thing I could have ever done for myself. So that brings me a lot of fucking joy. Um, Other things that bring me joy, setting boundaries, boundaries for yourself, doing things for yourself, um, spending time with friends, spending time with my husband, doing things that we enjoy doing, whether that's like, cuddling on the couch and watching TV and eating ice cream or going out to dinner with friends or on a solo date, making time for important people in my life, connecting with humans in real life, in person, not just behind a phone. I think so much of that was lost during the larger parts of the COVID quarantine. And I don't want us to rely on that excuse of, well, we can just do it virtually. Like we need to see people. Um, So I don't, this episode went so many fucking different directions, but that's where I'm at mentally. Obviously, there are still things that I struggle with. I'm working through them. Every day is different. But I say all of this to remind you that if you are struggling, you are not alone, okay? Everything is fucking temporary. Everything is temporary. And it is always worth it to choose happiness.
it is always worth it to keep fighting. It is always worth it to believe that one day it will be better. And it might not be tomorrow or the next day, but eventually it will get better. And putting in the effort of doing things that you love to help everything get better. I love you guys so much. I love this fucking community. I am also going to put a charitable organization that I love that focuses on this topic specifically with teens and adolescents. It's called the Jed Foundation in the show notes. If you are someone who is willing and able to donate, this is what we are also asking for donations for Liam's birthday rather than gifts. So not that anyone in the Freckle Foodie family should be buying Liam gifts, but I'm just saying it's a foundation that we really care about. So that'll be in the show notes. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this episode, to, um, like feedback, questions, anything. If you want to DM them to at Pod or email podcast at freckledfoodie.com, I would so appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day filled with lots of joy. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Freckled Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.